yes, Wednesday? I guess it's Wednesday already, isn't it? Nintendo Power Magazines. Do you remember those things? What's the value of collecting and keeping? Ric Flair and Joe Rogan, another blast from the past. Language vlog, class notes. Another way to remember, how was my Ukrainian class today? This teacher is a good conversationalist, and may you make your movie continues. Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. I'm Steve Sersky, Canadian expat in China. Beijing, China, been here for a while. This year is my daily audio yik-yak. Published Monday to Friday. Talk about some of the things that are going on, uh, both here in Beijing and in China, and uh, some of the things that uh, keep me amused. And um, actually, uh, I have a couple of uh, Patreon uh, subscriptions, and one of them is to this, uh, it's called the Game Maker's Toolkit. So this guy, uh, I subscribed to him because he was developing his own games, but he talks a lot about um, games in general, like how games are uh, constructed, constructed. He analyzes a lot of games that are out there. I am not a huge gamer. Right? I, I, to be honest, for as much time as I spend talking about how uh, you know, I, I, Unity and Unreal Engine, which are game development uh, engines, programs... I don't play video games. I, I just don't. Uh, I haven't played video games since SimCity Build It. Uh, and after, I think it was that phone that broke, uh, that took my second city with it, basically. Um, I spent so much time. I don't spend any money on games. But uh, I spent a lot of time uh, developing that city, and it was uh, poof, gone. Now, had it connected to my Facebook account, I could have kept that game, that uh, version of the city, but nothing other than that like I, I angry birds was the other game i remember playing um like the free version that's it other than that not sudoku crosswords word search nothing my game can i say it's the stock market uh it's it's writing stuff it's creating stuff that's my game to me that is what i consider to be fun uh, and the, the whole business management side of things, that sort of really bothers me because it it takes away from the creativity and I feel, I don't feel right selling the stuff that I'm making. A bit of imposter syndrome, a bit of uh, fear in in creating it, wondering if it's good enough because I know having done a master's degree and having, and having that critical sort of uh, analytical viewpoint, do I know enough? And when is enough to know before you press publish, before you press send, before you talk about something? Now, this podcast, this very one that you're listening to, has proven to me, has proven again and again that um, you actually don't need to know very much to talk about something or to start a project. You can literally just start it uh, and, uh, you know, you, you get used to it. You can ad-lib some things is what, what I'm doing right now, but... Uh, uh, the other thing is that when you see these finalized products, these videos or podcasts or whatever, often they've been researched and it's maybe a question that they had or an interest that they had or something that they've known about for a while. They just never sat down to actually talk about it or to write about it. So uh, that with that idea, it's easy enough to publish and to create, but it does go back to the question, how much is enough? Because there's always going to be a critic. Someone else is going to say that you don't know enough or going to criticize you on your pronunciation uh, or uh, so, so, so on and so on. But um, yeah, I know. <sighs> How much is 
enough. So talking about this uh, game making um, tool, game makers uh, toolkit, toolkit, and then also Nintendo Power. So the, he talks about some of these games that are published nowadays on the modern consoles, like the PS, is it the five PS4, uh, and the other ones, like any other. Um, games that are released either online or the different uh, consoles. He talks about the engines behind them, Unity and Unreal. Um, And I guess Zelda keeps on popping up. Mario hasn't really popped up lately, but they've sort of turned that into a... uh, I don't know what to call it. Of course, it's a franchise, but what kind of franchise is it? One that just... they're, They're fitting Mario into everything. Which is kind of annoying because they're they're playing off this idea that Mario is you know uh, some sort of all encompassing character, which really I mean the whole idea between Mario and Luigi and you know that whole Super Mario's cast was you know basically Mario versus Bowser. They've expanded the world since then, of course I understand that, uh, but th- and this was happening when I was sort of leaving video game world back in the. 90s, I guess it was, uh, that they were expanding it to uh, to include things like uh, Kirby, and then they'd uh, they would cross would, would they not cross pollinate? They would cross over universe boundaries and stuff like that, kind of like what Marvel and DC have done as well with their superhero comics and movies and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I'm talking a lot of hot air here now. I don't follow this stuff. Is what I'm basically trying to say is that, and looking at some of the retro gaming because this happens where guys, girls, people get older and they reminisce about what it was like back in the old days. Oh, remember this game that we used to play? Uh, and uh, Nin- Nintendo was something I played, the NES. We never had a Super Nintendo. My dad put a kibosh on that. He's like, no chance. This thing isn't worth that much to you, to anybody. Um, and it's just a waste of time and a waste of money. You know, your brain turns to mush, uh, right? Um, but watching this game maker's toolkit, he talks about these old names and, uh, he, I mean, it comes up every now and then this magazine called Nintendo Power and Nintendo Power was a magazine that was published. It's now a podcast, uh, but it was published up until 2012. I think it was, it went for like 24 years. Um, one of the longest running game magazines in the world. Uh, and, uh, I remember this. Clearly, because I think I still have the stack of magazines way back like in, in, in Canada. And I kind of got curious. I'm like, are these um, these things worth anything, right? And basically, they're, they're not worth anything unless it's to a collector of that magazine. Because all of the, like the tips and tricks that you can find in there, uh, the cheat codes and stuff like that, they're, they're all online, right? Everything's online. Uh, but uh, I know I do have a stack of them somewhere, two, probably two or three years worth. Um, right around the time when the SNES came out, that's when I stopped getting it because my dad's like, this is not doing anything for you. Is it, you're, you're not even really developing your reading very much by looking at this stuff. So, uh, and hard to argue with it. Uh, I do, I, I, I see now what Nintendo was doing. And as an older man looking back and going, yeah, it was constant advertising. It was certain, certain uh, constant uh, not propaganda, but promotion, I guess you would say. Promotion of Nintendo products uh, ensnaring you in that world. I like the, to, to spend, 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 to buy, buy, buy. Uh, you know, the next big thing, the next greatest thing, you know, next issue, next video game, and so on and so on. And in in following this and even thinking of creating my own video games, this is something that 
I sort of ask myself, like, how much is your time worth? So if you're going to play a video game, do you not have anything else to do? Okay, so that's, that's, that's the, the blunt very first question. But the second question is, is like, okay, but some people read books, some people watch movies, and then some people play video games. I don't, I, I do, actually, I do know people who play video games the same way that people watch movies, that they would sit there and they would focus on it and it allows them to, you can call it an escape, but concentrate on something else other than, you know, the main big thing that they have to have to do. It's cheap, relatively cheap. Uh, you can say it's addictive. It probably is in some way, but I mean, it's not horribly destructive, at least not out and out the way that, you know, smoking is or even drinking alcohol. Um, but so following that reasoning, what's your time worth to you? And are games worth it? Is, is that what you do? Like, and see, from my point of view, I would rather be of the creation aspect, the creator aspect, rather than the the, the player. So even with movies, I much more, I, as I've sort of seen, I much more enjoy the challenge of creating things. And I think I touched on this yesterday as well. I, I enjoy the uh, the the challenge of creating things, likewise with video games. But I I do this fully understanding that the stuff that I am creating is like could be viewed as a problem by other people like too many movies too many video games too much screen time your brain is turning to mush so do i have to create educational video games do i have to create a franchise like mario do i like how do you sort of maneuver this thing it's this is a very highly philosophical conversation that was sort of stemmed by the this game makers toolkit and then seeing these nintendo power the name nintendo power again um which actually the real thing that I was looking at today was actually whether or not these magazines were worth anything on eBay. And I guess when I got them uh, back in the early 90s, uh, that was... I didn't get the Super Mario Bros. 2 issue, which was the first issue of Nintendo Power back in July, August 1986 is when they first uh, released a Nintendo Power magazine that basically took you through Super Mario Brothers 2. And I would have loved to have that. I remember having my dad allowed me to buy one back issue and I uh, bought the uh, the one with the, the chipmunks, uh, Chip and Dale, uh, not Chip and Dales, but uh, um, the, the chipmunks. And I should have got the Super Mario Brothers 2 or the Mega Man 2 because that was also an iconic, uh, was it Mega Man 2 or Mega Man? Yeah, it was Mega Man 2, the iconic sort of games uh, that I remember from those times. And Moving forward, I remember these magazines stick out in my mind because they were one of my first uh, uh, sort of uh, meetings with stop motion and claymation. If you look at the early Nintendo Power magazine covers, they're very bright, they're very real, uh, and so like I think they had made miniatures, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Two was done like that. Um, the, the Mega Man was, there was another few that were done with what looked like was claymation. And I remember this being one of those things where I started understanding and learning about claymation and how it works. And it was beyond me back then. Like as simple as claymation is make something, take a picture, move it a little bit, take another picture, play them back at 24 frames per, uh, per second or 30. That's it, right? That's all you need to do now. I mean, working on it on my own I mean I did a little bit more time and a little bit more growing and I don't like talking about this with other people like Steve what do you do with your time I'm like nothing I do nothing I sit around and I 
don't do anything. I sit and watch paint dry because it's it's a whole lot easier to explain that than to go like, well, actually, what I do is I uh, create little miniatures in my uh, my apartment and I uh, uh, take little pictures and I uh, post them online <laughs> with this idea that I'm going to create a stop motion feature film at some point. I don't know. Well, we'll see about that. But these magazines um, depicted claymation and stop motion characters back then. So they hold a little uh, part of my heart, a little piece of my heart, I guess you could say. And so you're wondering, Steve, did you ever find out how much these these things were worth? Well, the prices varied. The first issue, the Super Mario Brothers 2 issue, was like I found issues for like $200, $300, upwards to $1,000. There was a full, complete set of Nintendo Power what, uh, magazines and everything, the whole thing. For like twelve thousand dollars, I'm going. I I don't. I could never make enough money to justify getting that. It just wouldn't make sense. The thought sort of turns like if I go back to Canada, could I sell them? Would I sell each individual issue? Because you could do these things, and you see each issue sort of listed. And I go, well, would I want to though? It's because again, the, these things take me back. There's a, I know there's the Mega Man three issue that I have, that, and that that one I remember being um, very also inspiring in the sense that, like when looking at the innovation that they had with the Mega Man series, I like the idea of the Mega Man franchise. I liked how they expanded it to use uh, what was that Dog Rush. Um, so there was they expanded it to such an extent, and that the fact that there was a Mega Man one, which was kind of okay and not talked about after, but Mega Man 2 was a big deal, Mega Man 3. And in that time, I remember uh, thinking, like, you know, how many sequels can you have to a video game? Not one, not realizing that it's a whole part of the whole franchise marketing scheme, scam that they have, which no, da- no doubt my dad saw. He's like, they're just going to keep on drawing you into the next one. They just want you to buy the next game, the next issue. That's... What's this doing for you? What are you learning from it? So you look at a guy like Game Maker's Toolkit. This guy looks at these games, these different iconic games and stuff like that, and he he breaks them down. He talks about them. So interesting to reminisce. Um, I'm not sure if I would have rather been a gamer, uh, if I'd rather be a gamer. I've also talked about getting an SNES Classic or a NES Classic. I just... Uh, I. I look at what I do every night and I go, when would I have time for it? It would just, it would just sit here. Like these books that I have. I'm slowly making my way through this Murakami book. But I, I think I'm on the last 10 pages, finally. Right? And i got three other books to read from there. Three? Four? And, and a bunch of others that I got. So I, I, thinking of how much time I have is a dream compared to reality. Reality is that these days fly by, especially with all these language classes that I'm doing. Um, it, it's very difficult to find the time to justify playing video games so unless of course i can double this up with something now what i could double it up with i don't know uh i have one or two ideas but uh it, i don't know if i i don't know if it'd be worth it to tell you the truth so anyway uh the total val- uh, the magazines that i have i don't know if they're worth anything i know they're kind of beat up uh they've been but they and i'm actually you know what who knows if they're even in one piece anymore uh they might be uh chewed up or ripped or whatever who knows uh i haven't seen them in many 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 years so living day by day here in beijing those magazines have been living day by day in another location uh exposed to all sorts of who knows what's rick flair on joe rogan and that blast from the past this is actually an interesting episode because they talk a lot about uh, sort of the behind the scenes stuff 
of uh, like the early days of wrestling, pro wrestling, before Vince McMahon sort of consolidated everything into um, uh, the WWF, as it was known back then, the Federation, then now it's World uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. Uh, and uh, it, Rogan always has, I, he has a lot of good guests, not always great ones, but he had Jake the Snake Roberts on, he had The Undertaker on after he retired. Um, boy, these guys look old and beat up. <laughs> they are all beat up. Uh, they have lived a very tough life. They, they, they are immortalized in video games and magazines, you name it, uh, and in tours and stuff like that. But wow, are they ever haggard? <laughs> like it, it's the, the guys who looked so good back then that were built, uh, for, for all sorts of crazy, uh, gymnastics and, uh, stunts and everything. I mean, you just see the the toll that's taken on them um, uh, these days. Like, wow, insanity. But again, another blast from the past. So, I guess with the Nintendo Power and Ric Flair showing up on Joe Rogan, uh, it was kind of neat to uh, a little fun to go down memory lane a little bit. Uh, Ukrainian class. So, how was that? So, this goes hand in hand with the language vlog class notes. I was thinking about doing this before, and I also thought about doing. Um, sort of a, a class note review after every class, but the problem is, is that I go through the class, I have the vocabulary, and then I go make a video about the vocabulary that we covered in class, and I go, uh, hmm, this is a lot of repetition, but, 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 okay, isn't this the new media way of review of language review so i have actually taken the step of copy pasted uh the uh class notes from my ukrainian class from last week and this week and i've made two posts on my language vlogs uh stevens language vlog.substack.com that's where you can go see that you can subscribe to that it's free uh and uh the idea is actually that when it does send out he'll send it to my email and then that way I have another reminder of the words that I used. So I found uh, today's uh, today's teacher, she's actually a very good conversationalist. She's based in Lviv. Uh, it's kind of funny. She's like, she won't buy um, some East Slavic country products on principle these days. And I'm like, I, I agree with that. I can't disagree. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny because I live in China and they're, they're kind of close buddies over here. Uh, but um, all that being said, for some reason, like with this teacher, uh, I feel a whole lot more comfortable speaking and I'm able to talk just a whole lot more blah 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 compared to other teachers now one thing I did do differently today is that I did some uh, did some preparatory uh, extensive listening there's this uh, pod uh, this podcast that I found uh, shit I know live it's in Ukrainian but that's that's how it is shit I know live uh, and these two Ukrainian uh, podcasters talking about just whatever going on uh, and uh, I, so I, I did some preparation work before class. So I wonder if that sort of uh, helped compared to like a time on Monday where, uh, you know, it, it can be tight trying to get things uh, all in order. This Monday was a bit of an exception anyway. So uh, it was good to have. Uh, it, it's good to have this. And she also gives me a lot of uh, vocabulary, which is uh, uh, nice to have so I can have a list. And this is something that I actually want to do for all my classes. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not just doing it for... Um, I'm not doing it for you guys so much. I'm doing it for myself because I got to, in the modern way, if I put it into a notebook, how often do I have a notebook with me, right? Let's face it. I mean, we're digital. We're on the move. We're mobile. I got my cell phone, the iPad. I got email, access to email. I got Substack across every device that I, that I could possibly have sort of thing, right? 
That's what I'm looking for. A notebook is stuck in my apartment. Memories are memories, sure, with the notebooks, but ease of access is a whole lot more convenient online and across multiple devices. So uh, that's what I'm thinking is that I'm going to start uh, sending out my uh, word lists from uh, each class that I do take, at least for the next month. We'll, we'll try it out, see what it's like and whether or not I keep on going uh, afterwards. Um, May You Make Your Movie continues. And this is, uh, so check out uh, you, uh, on YouTube and on Instagram. It's at, uh, The handle is at May You Make Your Movie. I've been posting movies there, little videos, little clips. Um, the last couple days, I'm uploading them as we speak. So they should be published uh, for you guys right in, right soon. Uh, it's been kind of fun. Yesterday, I did another bit of stop motion. Today, I was just going to do a very simple um, video just to try something out. I wanted to see if I could... Uh, uh, pull this off uh, more about music-based uh, sound effects rather than uh, visuals. Well, it'll be both, of course. Uh, I've got some other ideas. I, I was making some ideas. I'm like, oh, some of this is going to be kind of fun to do. Some of it's a bit more work, uh, and I do want to create. I create behind the scenes. If I ever do stop motion, uh, this is like the the du jour way of doing things. Uh, the way of doing things du jour is that uh, when you're doing stop motion, it's not just a stop motion video that you have to have. You're supposed to do a behind the scenes video as well so people can see you actually making it for whatever it. I mean, it's just kind of neat actually to see someone do a stop motion piece and then look at the final uh, product and go, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of neat. You know, or you know, I, I see how much time he took, <laughs> took uh, to, uh, to actually put that all together. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenserski.com. Have a good one. Hope you're well. Get your runs in. Eat your broccoli. Chew some garlic every now and then because it's also healthy. And we'll talk again. Bye-bye.